So we are able to have a common response even uh, on the Feast of Ascension, which is great because we need to continue and maintain the joy that we've had uh, for the last 40 days in this uh, possible season that we have been celebrating. And of course, what is our, our favorite favorite part of Pascha, I guess, is a hard thing to, to say, but perhaps the most memorable part of the Pascha liturgy each and every year. Right? And perhaps this year in particular, I've heard that it was Shakespearean. Uh, in, in, uh, Caleb's uh, uh, shouting of, who is the King of Glory? And um, God bless Caleb, he had to shout because we forgot to give him a microphone inside. And so we, we wanted to make sure that he could be heard, and he was heard. Thank God, which was really wonderful. But of course, when we say, the knocking on the door, lift up your gates, O ye princes, and be lifted up your everlasting doors, that the King of glory may enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of uh, strong and mighty, the Lord might have, not because, uh, just because they're fun words to say, knocking on the door, but we say that because we're quoting a psalm. We're quoting Psalm 23 of the Septuagint, 24 in the Masoretic text, and it's honestly one of my favorite psalms because it's used in some of the most beautiful places in the Orthodox Church. The very beginning of that psalm, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all who dwell therein, is actually said at the funeral service, at the very end of the funeral service, when the person who has reposed is being anointed with dirt and with oil. We say, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and make the sign of the cross with ash. And then uh, the round world and all who dwell therein, we make the sign of the cross over their body with oil as well. And so that's how we start that psalm. And then that psalm ends with, uh, lift up your gates, O ye princes, and be lifted up the everlasting doors that the King of glory may enter. Who is the King of glory? course, the end of it is the Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. And so I very much encourage you to read through that psalm, to pray that psalm. It's not very long, but to understand that psalm, because it is very, very powerful. And now I'm uh, bringing it up on the Feast of the Ascension, 40 days after we did the knocking on the door. Well, in the hymnography that we heard during Orthros today, uh, the same verse comes up. Where the angels see Christ going into the, uh, ascending into the heavens, and they look and say, wait a minute, who is this? Who is this that is ascending in, into heaven? And so as they're going up, uh, the angels that are going with Christ are basically saying, lift up your gates, O ye princes, and be lifted up your everlasting doors, that the King of glory may enter. And they're talking about the, the, the gates of heaven, the doors of heaven being opened up so that the King of glory can enter into the heavenly place. And so we have this purposeful, this purposeful uh, view of Christ descending into Hades and Christ ascending into the heights, into the heavenly kingdom with these same psalm verses so that we can have this imagery of the King of Glory encompassing everything. And who is the King of Glory? We know it's Christ. The crucified Christ in particular. And that's why in, over the top of, of the icons of Christ on the cross, you know, historically it said the King of the Jews, but in Orthodox iconography most of the time it actually says the King of Glory. Because it is meant to be a 
reminder that this is the King of Glory who descends into Hades and who ascends into the heavenly places as well on this great feast of the ascension of our Lord. But I think there's a lesson for us in understanding that we have the same exclamation by the angelic hosts, either demonic or heavenly. We have this understanding where a challenge for us. Because the first one, on Great and Holy Pascha, when there's this knocking on the doors, lift up your gates, so you princes and be lifted up your everlasting doors, the voice responding is afraid. The voice responding wants everything that he can do to keep the King of Glory out. He doesn't want him to come in there. He's looking at him and saying, wait a minute, I thought you were just another dead guy. This is supposed to be not a problem. I've done this over and over and over again. What is happening? And in his pride, his desire to keep Hades locked up and to keep the status quo, there is fear when encountering the King of Glory. And so that voice reflects that. And we even think about that when we jokingly call the person inside the Black Deacon. The one who is uh, being this voice that is perhaps meant to falsely portray courage, but is really afraid. Because we know in the icon of the resurrection that those doors get kicked in, and there's nothing that, that the person standing at the doors can do. Whereas on the other side, when we see the ascension into heaven, it is not fear, it is awe and amazement and wonder. The angels are looking down and saying, wait a minute, this is a man. This is a man who is ascending into the heavenly places. And at first they're thinking, what is happening? This has never happened before. And yet they recognize who the King of Glory is. They recognize that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the Word of God. And He wasn't just bombarding the heavenly places. He was returning to His, his, his rightful spot to sit at the right hand of the Father. And so when they realize who this person, that he's not just a man ascending into heaven, but that he is the God-man who took on our flesh for the express intent and purpose of taking our humanity into the heavenly places, he opens, they open the gate for him with joy, with awe, with bewilderment at the great work that God has done to bring humanity into his presence in the kingdom of heaven. And so we have these two different voices and these two different experiences and so the question for us is which one do we have when we encounter the King of Glory? When the King of Glory enters into our life, when we see His light and when we realize, oh my goodness, it means I have to repent. It means that I've got some, some work to do. That I've got some things in my heart that I need to clear out. I've got, I'm too selfish and I don't want to change. When we encounter the King of Glory, are we afraid? And are we attempting to say, Lord, I am not ready for that kind of an entrance into my life. Please stay over there for now. I know I've said that before. And so, how are we encountering Christ, the King of Glory? Do we encounter Him with pride? Do we encounter Him with selfishness? Or when the light of the world shines into our life, do we encounter the King of Glory with joy, with awe, with amazement at the great work that God has done to bring about our salvation? 
where we are okay with obedience. We are okay with following the commandments of Christ, and in fact, we do it with joy, as it says the disciples were. After he ascends into heaven, it says that the disciples returned to Jerusalem with great joy. So how are we encountering the King of glory? That is the question for us today. And may we, with all of our hearts, not encountering with fear, not encountering him with pride, not encountering with selfishness, where we're just wanting to keep him out for just a little bit longer, even just a little bit. But may we encounter him with true repentance. May we encounter him with true joy and with awe and amazement at the great work of our salvation. Because in the end, it's not only the humanity of Christ who enters the kingdom, but because of his opening of the gates and his entry is the place for all of us then to enter into the kingdom of heaven. The king of glory is present. We have no choice but to encounter him. Will ours be with fear and pushing him away, or will ours be met with joy and awe? May ours be with awe and our whole being, and we might enter with him into that heavenly Christ is a